kids' corner. If you're 10 years old and younger, you're free to stay here or you're free to go to kids' corner, whichever one you choose. All right. Not working? See if you can, see if you can fix it. Anyway, thank you, Calverman. Thank you. appreciate y'all. What a blessing. Y'all really uh, created a spirit in this place where we can uh, now allow the, spirit, the Word of God to fall on the receptive hearts of God. Amen? So I'm thankful for that. Before I get started, uh, I want to just share with you a story about uh, a young man, a 12-year-old little boy back in the 1800s. And this little 12-year-old boy saw a poster, and it, the poster said that the circus was coming to town on the very next Saturday. So this little boy, he had never seen a circus before, and with unimaginable excitement, he ran home and he asked his daddy, Daddy, can I go? Can I go to the circus? And uh, his family, his dad said, Well, you know, your family's pretty poor, son. Uh, we're pretty poor, but sensing the boy's excitement, he ran home and he asked his daddy, Can I go? Can I go? And uh, the boy said, the father said, Well, if you have all your Saturday chores done by next Saturday... I'll make sure that you go. So come Saturday morning, that boy had his chores all finished, and that father reached into his overall pocket, and he grabbed that $1 bill, and he gave it to that boy. And he sent him on his way. And as the boy neared the village, he started hearing some noise, and he started seeing people lining the streets, and he worked his way to the curb and he sat down and lo and behold, he saw the approaching spectacle of a circus parade. And that parade was the greatest thing that boy had ever seen. Caged animals passed by snarling. Bands were playing exciting tunes. Acrobats tumbled their way down the streets. And flags and ribbons were swirling overhead. Finally, after all that had passed by, a circus clown with floppy shoes and baggy pants and a brightly painted face reached out his hand and the boy handed that clown his precious $1 bill. And then the boy turned around and headed home. Now what happened? What happened there? Well, the boy had thought he had seen the circus, but all he saw was the parade. I want to ask you this morning, are you experiencing all that God has in store for you? As a child of God, are you experiencing all that your Lord, your maker, has in store for you? You see, the Christian life is meant to be an exciting adventure. It's meant to be an exciting adventure, but so many Christians are content to settle for second best. So let me ask you again, do you desire that abundant life that Jesus Christ promised you? Do you desire that abundant life? Well, today the Bible speaks about how to experience God's best for your life. And in John chapter 10 is where we're going to be speaking from this morning. But in the preceding chapter, chapter 9 of John, Jesus had just given sight to a blind man. Now that's reason to be excited, amen? He'd just given sight to a blind man. See, uh, Jesus became the turning point in that man's life. Jesus came into that man's life and became the turning point. And I want you to know today that if you don't know Jesus, Jesus wants to be the turning point in your life too. 
Amen. So, through this process of, of being healed and having his eyesight restored, this man believed in Jesus. He began to worship Jesus, and he discovered that Jesus was the doorway to eternal life. The doorway to eternal life. And when Jesus had heard that the religious fanatics had expelled this man out of church, Jesus then came to him. He came to him, and that's where our story in chapter 10 picks up today. Jesus is standing with this former blind man who had been kicked out of one door, but Jesus was there to welcome him into another door, the doorway of heaven. So we're going to examine today five truths as Jesus being the door, the door, and we're going to see how Jesus brings abundant life, we're going to first see how he relates to us and how him being the door relates to us. So the first thing I want you to see, and in your sermon outline you'll be able to follow along, but you'll see that Jesus is the door of access. In John chapter 10 verse 1, the word of God says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 3, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and calls his own sheep by name. How many people here know that the shepherd knows you by name? Amen. Amen. Calls them by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. How many of you know that the shepherd wants you to follow him? Amen. He wants you to follow him and know his voice. Verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. You see, verse five, 6 says, Jesus used this illustration, but they didn't understand the things which he spoke to them. Verse 7, then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door. I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be, say it with me, he will be saved, saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Pray with me. Father God, Lord Jesus Christ, we acknowledge you this morning as the door, the door to have life, the door of eternal life. And Father, we also acknowledge you and the Lord Jesus Christ, your son, as the door into an abundant life. That's what we're seeking here this morning. And we pray in Jesus' name, you teach us how to receive that. In his glorious name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Jesus is the door of access. You see, the sheepfolds in ancient Israel weren't like the corrals you might see on a farm today. They were built normally out of a cave carved out of a hill. Now, there wasn't nothing fancy about that corral. They were just enough to contain the sheep to keep them from wandering into danger. Now, the sheepfold had one opening. It had one opening to protect against robbers and wild animals. And the shepherd himself, get this, the shepherd himself would lay across the opening to the sheepfold. He would lay across that and no sheep could get out and no enemy could get in except over his body. 
That's a true story. So in a very literal sense, back in biblical times, the shepherd was the door. The shepherd was the door. And he was the only way to access the sheepfold. He was the only way in. There was no way in. There was no way out except through him. Do you get the picture? No way in or out except through him. So when Jesus said, I am the door, he's mean that means that literally. I am the way in. I am the shepherd of my people. And he makes it very plain about how to access a relationship with his father. In John 14, 6, he basically says, hey, I'm the door. I'm the door. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. That's exactly what the door said. Exactly. And friends, the rest of the Bible never wavers from that biblical claim. In fact, in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, the Word of God says that the salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven by given to men by which we must be saved. There's only one shepherd, only one door, and his name is Jesus. Jesus. People may look in other places. People may uh, try to find some other way into heaven. They may try and find some other way to satisfy their hunger to know God, but they'll come up short every single time. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way in, and he's the only way to access our Heavenly Father in heaven. And can I tell you this morning, he wants you with him. He wants you with him. Why? Because Jesus is the door. He's the door of access. But Jesus is also the door of provision. Verse 9, did you hear it there? I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, one of God's many names is Jehovah Jireh. If you don't know what Jehovah Jireh means, Jehovah Jireh means the Lord provides. The Lord provides. You see, Jesus not only is the door, but he meets our needs. He meets our needs and he sustains us through this life of Christianity. And he meets our greatest need, obviously, that greatest need that we have, which is forgiveness and cleansing. But I'm so thankful that he didn't stop there, that he also ministers to all of my needs. For I have a great many needs, even as a born-again child of God. The shepherd knows me. The shepherd knows you. And the shepherd knows that you need to eat. And the shepherd knows what you need. The shepherd knows you. You remember Psalm 23, especially in verses 2 and 3, where the Word of God says that He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. How many times have you needed your soul restored? Too many times to admit, I'm afraid for me. But I need him to restore my soul. Have you allowed the shepherd to restore your soul lately? Are you where you want to be? Are you following the shepherd? Are you hearing his voice? Are you following the shepherd? If not, maybe you need to spend some time at the door. Maybe you need to spend some more time on your knees at the door and let him minister to you and restore your soul. I read a story uh, back on February 9th, 1960. 
when millionaire Adolf Coors III, that's the owner of the Coors Beer Company, was kidnapped and he was held for ransom. Seven months later, they found his body on a hillside. He'd been shot to death. His son, Adolf Coors IV, then was 15 years old. And that man was not only his father, but was his best friend too. For years, Adolf Coors IV hated Joseph Corbett. Joseph Corbett was the man sentenced to life for killing his daddy. But in 1975, almost 15 years later, Adolf Coors IV became a Christian. He entered through the door and became a Christian. Yet his hatred for the murderer of his dad consumed his whole life, even as a child of God. But he knew that he needed to forgive Corbett. He knew that he needed to forgive Corbett just as Jesus Christ forgave him. And so one day, Adolf Coors IV went to visit the maximum security unit of Colorado's Cannon City Penitentiary. And he went to talk with his father's murderer, Joseph Corbett. But Corbett refused to see him. And so Coors left behind a Bible for Corbett. And in that Bible he wrote, he said, I came to see you today. And I'm sorry that we couldn't meet. He said, as a Christian, I am summoned by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to forgive you. I do forgive you. And not only that, I ask you to forgive me for the hatred in my heart that I've been carrying for you for 15 years. Adolf Coors IV later confessed, I now have a love for that man. I have a love for that man that only Jesus Christ could have put in my heart. Friends, if you'll come to the door, if you'll come to the door, the shepherd will give you what you need. But along with access, along with provision, the Lord Jesus also protects us. He protects us from ourselves. He protects us from other sources of danger. Why? Because Jesus is the source of protection. Did you read it there in verse 10? The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. How many of you like to feel safe? How do, you, how do you like to feel safe and secure? Amen? Everyone likes to feel safe and secure. Can I tell you that the shepherd, the door, the shepherd that lies across the entry into the sheepfold always protects his sheep. He always does. Have you ever noticed how the shepherd always protects us but not necessarily our possessions? He'll protect you but he may not necessarily protect your possessions. Why is that? Because sheep don't own nothing. Amen? Sheep don't own anything. I'm not against having things, but we just got to remember that everything belongs to the shepherd. We're just the keepers. So when we completely surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we utterly depend upon our shepherd, he will protect us from those who want to steal from you, who want to kill you, who want to destroy you. He'll protect you. As the door to the sheepfold, the shepherd is able to keep the sheep in. And he's also able to keep the predators out. Here's your bottom line. Nothing can get to you 
without going through Jesus first. Nothing can get to you without going through the shepherd first. You can't get to you unless you come through the door. Got to come through Jesus first. And if something unpleasant does come your way, then you need to have the trust and the faith to know that the shepherd knows that you can handle it. And he knows that he will be with you. He knows that he will protect you. He knows that he will provide for you. He knows that he will keep you. He knows you. Jesus is the door of access. Jesus is the door of provision. He is the door of protection. But the next one gets me a little excited. Amen? Amen? And it don't take a whole lot to get me excited. But the next one gets me excited. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is also the door of life. You read it there in the Bible in verse 10. He said, I have come that they may have with me life. Say it again. Life. life. Now the word life there is a word you need to know. The word in the Greek is the word zoe. Say zoe. zoe. Say it louder. Zoe. zoe. Now zoe don't mean just existing. Okay? Zoe means the fullness of life. Real life. Intense life. The God-intended life, the big life, the more-than-enough life. That's the kind of life that Jesus wants you to experience. He wants you to experience the God life here and now in this world. He wants you to experience real life. Now, I know that we can never become like God, but you know what? We do share in His nature. We do share in His nature. The Bible says in 2 Peter that His divine power has given us everything we need. For life, same word, life, Zoe, saying everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him, through our knowledge of the shepherd. And he is the one who has called us to his own glory and goodness. Through these things he has given us a great many great and precious promises so that through them, get this, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires you may participate in the divine nature. You can participate in the godly life, in the God kind of life. You see, Jesus didn't come to exclude you. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. Jesus didn't come to harm people. In fact, he said it in John three seventeen. He said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. saved. Hallelujah. That's right. Jesus is the good shepherd, but he's also the living door. The living door who has come to give you life. God life. Full measure of life. So, do you have more than just physical life? Do you have that ongoing spiritual connection with God? How is life for you? How's life treating you? You've heard that said before. How's life treating you? Are you just living? Or are you really living? Amen. There's a difference. Are you living or are you simply existing? There is a difference. If you believe that, say amen. There is a difference. Jesus offers you life. Real life. He offers you a living relationship with the one who made you. That's big. So I urge you to go to the door. And I urge you to ask him for this godly life. This full, fullness of life. You see, he's offering you the very best gift that anyone could offer you. He's offering you something 
that didn't cost you anything, although it cost him a great deal. You see, it cost him his life, but he gladly gave his life for you. Just like Tommy said, if you don't get anything else out of today, you just know that God loves you. Well, finally, what kind of life does Jesus want to give me? What kind of life does Jesus offer me today? I know what he's going to do for me in eternal life. The Bible is all about that. But what's he going to do for me today? Well, not only is he the door of, uh, of provision and protection and access and life, but he is also the door of excess. Listen to this at the end of verse 10. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, by excess, I don't mean excess bad stuff. I mean excess good stuff, amen? Who needs some good stuff going on in their life? I've had enough bad stuff. I'm ready for some good stuff in my life, and I'm going to come to the door to receive it. Jesus Christ, he is the more than enough God. He's the one that I'll come to. He's the God that can give me the excess, the more than I need. You see, God don't want you to just get by. He don't want you to just get by, get by. He wants to lavish his love upon you so that you will be filled completely with that love and that that love will overflow into the life of somebody else. He wants you to be a living, breathing, walking, talking testimony of what Jesus Christ does in the life of a regular old sinner like me. He doesn't want you to just get by. That word for abundant means an extraordinary amount. It means a cup that's running over. Abundant means above and beyond. It means lavished. It means bountiful. It means beyond what is that necessary amount. Abundant. Amount of what, though? Amount of what? Extraordinary amount of what? Of life. Zoe. Godly life. That more than enough life, that God life, that awesome life that God wants you to have. See, God's not satisfied just to give you enough to get by. He wants you to have far more than what's necessary. He wants you to have the abundant life. Can I ask you today, will you give him a chance to overwhelm you? Will you give him a chance to overwhelm you with his inexhaustible, extraordinary, more than enough, matchless, overflowing life? Oh, how he wants to give that to you. But sometimes it takes a little bit of surrender. Amen? To be able to receive that life. So do you have that kind of life now? Do you know the shepherd who takes such good care of his flock? If you don't, he wants to know you. He wants to spend some time with you. He wants to, to heal your wounds. He wants to restore your soul. Can I ask you, will you just let him? Will you let him? Jesus said, I'm the door. He who enters through me, he will be saved. You see, Jesus, he's the door of access, the only way into the sheepfold. Jesus is the door of provision, the one who will meet your needs and sustain your life. Jesus is the door of protection, the one who will protect you from thieves and enemies. He is the door of life, the one who shares this God life with you. And he is also the door of excess. Why? Because he's the more than enough God. The key words in those five truths 
form the word apple. Access, provision, protection, life, and excess. I want you to know you are the apple of his eye today. You are the apple of God's eye. So maybe you need a little attention from the shepherd today. Maybe you say, I'm not getting that more than enough you're talking about, Brother Bill. So maybe you need some attention. Can I tell you that the best way for that to happen is for you to spend some time at the door. Maybe you need to spend some time at the altar today. Maybe you need to spend some time at the door. In closing, I'd like to share a story about a U.S. astronaut. Her name was Sharon Lucid, and she desperately wanted to go home. You see, she had been aboard the Russian space station Mir for over six months. Her ride home had been delayed several times by hurricanes and mechanical difficulties, and it made her stay in space the longest of any American astronaut. She faced each setback with really patient, good cheer, and she faced it with a stiff upper lip until finally the days wore on. She knew where she'd rather be, and she admitted that her home, she wanted to be home with her family. She wanted to feel the sun on her face. She wanted to be able to taste fresh air and be able to breathe fresh air. And just before they picked her up, the space shuttle, space shuttle Atlantis came by, and she said this. You can bet one thing. When that hatch closes, I won't be on the wrong side. But she agreed that there's also a more important door. She also agreed that there's a more important door in her future and in yours. You see, if you want to experience this homecoming in heaven that we've been singing about and talking about today, You'll do whatever is necessary to ensure that you are on the right side of heaven's door when it closes for the last time. And it's coming. So if that door was shut today, would you be on the inside? Or would you be forever on the outside? Jesus is the door. Whoever enters by him he will be saved. Will you let him meet him, meet you where you are? Will you let him take care of you? Will you let him heal your wounds and restore your spirit? He'll provide for you. He'll protect you. And he'll let you in on his life, the godly life. And he'll tell you that, that the life that you've always wanted but you really didn't know what it was is something only he can give you. So would you ask him to do the work in your life that only he can do? He's more than willing to do that this morning. Will you trust him with your future today? Will you trust him with your, with your eternity today? Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord God Almighty, how we thank you for Jesus. What would we do without Jesus? What would we do without the blood of your son on Calvary's cross that granted us access? Gives us provision and protection and gives us not only life, but abundant life, excess life.
And Lord, I ask you now in Jesus' name, if there's one person here this morning who needs to be restored, who needs to be healed, who needs to come to the door perhaps for the first time, Lord, I pray that you would speak to them in that still soft whisper that only you possess. And that, Father, you would urge that person to make sure they're on the right side of the door if it were to close today. So, friend, are you inside? Or if it closed today, would you be forever outside? Lord, your will, your way for your glory is our prayer. And Lord, I pray now as we sing this invitation song, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would quicken our hearts and make us receptive to the word of God. Lord, there may be many Christians in this place this morning who need to have their soul restored. As we said, the only way to have that happen is to spend some time at the door. Thank you, Jesus, for being the door. Lord, I praise you and I thank you so much for your word and how it speaks to our hearts. And now, Lord, I pray you would do your work in each one of us today. In Jesus' glorious and matchless name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? on the right side of heaven today today's a great day to come home
Give him a hand, everybody. Amen. Would you mind being seated just for one moment? I just want to briefly breeze through some of these announcements. Uh, so much going on.